morning we're going to look at 2 Timothy, doing church in times of suffering. Now last week we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and the first bit of that. If you remember, Paul begins that chapter by saying, and in the last days, he describes the wickedness of the last days and he says about a false form of godliness and he encourages and warns them to turn away from such things. But like all of scripture, it doesn't stand on its own. It continues many times when you hear messages on this chapter, it focuses in on that first verse and we hear about all the wickedness of the last days and then it focuses in on uh, 16 to 17 and suddenly we're jumped to the, the blessings of, uh, of Scripture a message uh, that I came across this week when looking into this. A man um, does exactly that, and he, he says, well, Paul said that the last days is upon us, and, and, and Peter even said, um, uh, and I look for the hope of the coming of Christ, and, and then the preacher says, and that is written in the present tense in Greek, so... Peter was expecting Jesus to come back in his lifetime. So if they were wrong, um, we, should, we should also not be as, um, uh, as expectant as they were. <laughs> and, uh, and things like that, saying things like that is, uh, is quite scary. Someone, uh, a professor of mine once said, um, you, you learn just enough Greek to be dangerous. Peter wrote that in the present tense because that's what he was doing. He was looking for uh, the coming of Christ. Not, I will look, not, I have looked. That is what he was presently doing. In fact, the last days is everything from that day to now. The last days could be 10,000 years long. They didn't know. It could have been in their lifetime but it could also be a thousand years from now or tomorrow. That's the point. That's why it's written in the present tense. But it, if you remember, it goes into, and we finished our uh, message last week in verse 14. And that is where I want to pick up this morning. And I've entitled this message, The Armory of truth because the warning from the first part of the chapter directly connects to the war to um, the encouragement from the second part and I want us to connect the two let us pray Lord I do pray that as we learn of the value and authority of the word of the scripture in our life that we may realize that 
it is also a defense of the false godliness and of the the last days that we are in, that we can find our protection from it, from your word, and we can arm ourselves with your word. And we thank you, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read from verse 14. But continue thou in things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, as we read in the previous bit, Christians will suffer in some form or another. If we live for Christ, that will happen. But the Word of God is our refuge and our refreshment and a resource, an armory, so to speak, that we can equip ourselves. Knowing this, Paul encourages Timothy to continue in the knowledge of truth. So verse 13, But evil men, seducers, shall become worse and worse, deceiving themselves and being deceived. But you continue in the things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. So he gives... Timothy, reasons to continue in the truth. And the practical help in verse 16 and 17 we find from Scripture is just one of those reasons. In fact, it all circles around the authority of Scripture in our lives. But the practical benefit we get from Scripture is not um, the only reason that we should look to Scripture and continue in it. Let's look at it. So we are assured or we are given reason to continue in the truth because of the testimony of others who have taught and applied Scripture. It says, but you continue in the things that you have learnt and have been assured of. It says in First Timothy, um, Paul commends Timothy's uh, mother and grandmother for being godly women and um, creating a home for Timothy that is um, faithful to the Lord. Most likely Paul is including them when he says this and it's confirmed in the next verse, but you have learned these things and you're assured of it because of your own salvation um, there is assurance, but, but also it says, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, these truths. We look to faithful, godly men and women in our lives and in history, and we say, 
surely the word, as it is real for me, it is real for them as well. And look what they have achieved in the name of Christ. Look at, uh, at how they have grown. Look at how the Lord has taken a wicked, sinful person and, and, and changed them in a way that is in, indescribable to human, to human understanding. And we say, isn't that assurance of what we have learned from Scripture? Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. Pastor David tells it often. Um, his brother, when they were younger, turned away from the Lord at a young age. Uh, and um, and he, he had a conversation with, uh, with his brother, because he was doubting his faith, the older brother, and and he told Pastor David when they were both children, he said, you know, I'm not sure about Jesus and about the Bible and about God, but mom and dad seem to believe it, and they're sticking with it. So I think I'll stick with it a little bit longer as well. And shortly after, he did get saved, and the Lord did convict his heart to the truth of the gospel. And the Lord used a faithful testimony to bring that assurance. But it's through the scriptures, and Paul does not uncouple the one from the other. He says, what thou have learnt, and the assurance of what we learn from scripture, but not um, but not one without the other. It says in verse 15 that from a child thou which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, thou have known the holy scriptures. In other words, he was raised with the scriptures and he was taught from a young age, not all of us have that privilege. Um, many of us don't, I'm sure. But once again, it is reason to continue and endure because it says to make thee wise unto salvation. It's important to note, he says, which is, through faith in Jesus Christ. The message of the gospel and salvation isn't in and of itself the information and just acknowledging the information is not enough to save a person. It is through faith in Jesus Christ ultimately. But again, he doesn't uncouple the two. The two are inevitably connected. To know something from a child, it's it's not instantaneous knowledge. It is something that is taught and learnt and applied. And it is inferred there, certainly, if, you, if you've known it from a child, um, to make thee wise unto salvation. So because of the assurance of the goodness, of God's goodness from Scripture... And then thirdly, and this is uh, where we'll spend 
most of the time from verse 16 because of the practical purpose, guidance, and teaching of Scripture. We should continue in it as it relates to the false teachings, as it relates to our spiritual sanctification. But in this case, he says, and, and for this reason, because of false godliness, because of wickedness, because of um, a mis- irreverent handling of the truth, you have known the scripture and therefore, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God it says, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I've preached a message like this. It's great to start from verse 16 and just preach those two verses and you can. Um, it's a nice bullet point uh, message, but um, but knowing now what Paul has um, warned Timothy to turn away from in light of that, he elevates the scripture in authority and says, In times of suffering, in times of anything, this is where we turn to. This is our practical guidance. This is our, um, our counsel from Scripture. Profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine is literally teaching um, information about things we need to know. Reproof, very simply put, what to turn away from. For correction, what to replace that with or turn towards. And for instruction in righteousness, the practical application of truth and knowledge. So that the man of God may be Perfect. It's not perfect as in flawless, but perfect as in not needing to add anything, not lacking in any way. And then it says, it's not thoroughly, it's a word called throughly. It's an old English word that implies from the inside out. So you'll see it's not misspelt in the King James, it's it's throughly furnished, in other words, equipped. Uh, if you think of an empty room, if you think of a purpose of a room, a bathroom wouldn't be a bathroom if it does not equipped <laughs> or furnished with a bath and with a shower and with a toilet. To be furnished with what we need to lack nothing unto all good works. Um, I have also heard messages, and it's very ironic that we would hear false teaching coming from this chapter, of, of all chapters, talking about um, the good works, the, um, the institutions of their religion, uh, Latter-day Saints um, would 
say, and now you can do good works by this and this and this and this. And, um, and the Catholics um, would also consider this verse to, to include the, um, the sacraments um, in a general sense. But no, um, the good works here are, are from a place of faith as we as true believers would understand good works, not unto salvation, but because of salvation. In service of our Lord, not just general good works, but always in submission to the one who who empowers us to do so. I'd like to read just the first few verses of chapter 4, because actually he continues the thought slightly into chapter 4. I charge thee, therefore, so we know it's connected to what he said previously, who shall judge the living and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom, preach the word, be diligent in season, out of season, and then almost to echo the list from verse 16, he says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and with doctrine. Doesn't it echo verse 16? So it's not only simply to know these things for oneself, but it is to equip you with these things like an armory or an arsenal would equip us for the fight ahead. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And there he summarizes the entire chapter 3. Because of false godliness, because of wickedness, because of the twisting of the truth, thou hast known true doctrine. Thou hast known the scriptures. Continue in it because there is a fight at hand. And he says, for some will not endure. And the scriptures are for proof, are for correction, are for um, to know doctrine but in verse 2 of chapter 4, therefore reprove and rebuke and correct and teach doctrine. I know he's speaking to a pastor, Timothy, here, but I would be amiss if it didn't apply in principle to all Christians. This chapter is telling us to equip ourselves in a very specific way that scripture is a help and a guidance to us because we are surrounded by the falseness of those who do not endure sound doctrine. And that is ultimately the reason to continue 
in what we know, what we are assured of. So be ready. Not to worry or be scared, but to know that we have the armory that is Scripture. Last week I mentioned how often do we think about false doctrine on, on a weekly basis. How often do we encourage it, um, encounter it, rather? I would bet it's much more often than we would think. Don't neglect the scriptures. Don't step beyond them or leave home without them in a, in a metaphorical sense. It's not just the bubble of blessing that we can have from Scripture. Yes, it is. <laughs> but in a very specific way, it is for reproof, for correction, for doctrine, because we must reprove and correct and teach doctrine. Let us pray now and, uh, and thank the Lord for his wonderful word of truth. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that your word is, 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 is a shield that is a lamp unto our feet. It teaches us truth. It teaches us about you and about <clears throat> salvation through Jesus Christ. And it warns us of the dangers and the obstacles we would face as a church. It is such a relevant chapter in Second Timothy that that teaches about the church in times of suffering. I pray that we may continue in the word and be ever aware of the danger. And Lord, may it motivate us to continue in the knowledge of truth. And we thank you for the testimony of godly and faithful men and women. And we thank you for the assurance of our own salvation and the knowledge thereof. Lord, we do thank you for the practical, relevant, and true guidance that we can find from your word. Wisdom. We do not have to look for prophets and apostles, but it is true in the pages of this book. We don't need anything. We are perfect, thoroughly furnished. We thank you so much, Lord, for these wonderful blessings and, and for the privilege and honor to worship you this morning in in song, and in the reading of the word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.